if you don't get it right straight off the bat, then you've lost. That brand is trusted yeah. by people more than they trust the police in that instance. The person you're speaking to needs to believe that you personally will make it better for them. Too often as, as brand marketers and communications people, we make things really complicated. They go all out to make sure that people are leaving happier than when they call. Hello and welcome to BBH Labs, a podcast about marketing. My name is Richard Cable, amongst other things, editor-at-large for BBH Labs, the research and development skunk works at creative agency BBH. Each episode, I'll be asking a different burning question about marketing and inviting interesting people with strong opinions to answer it. This episode, we're asking what marketing can learn from experts beyond advertising. This is the first in an occasional series we're tentatively calling Tom and John Go Outside, in which intrepid BBH London strategists Tom Roach and John Harrison go outside advertising to talk to experts from other fields and bring back fresh insights. This time out, they're going to the coalface of customer service to meet call centre workers, the undisputed experts in building instant rapport with even the most demanding of customers. Here's John and Tom with what they learned from listening to the listeners. Hello, I'm John Harrison. This is Tom Roach. So we visited a number of call centres around the UK, listened to calls, spoke to supervisors, and of course met with the, the call centre workers themselves. And we discovered so many things about, about their jobs and what they do, and, and so many things that have real relevance and parallels to what, to what we do in the sort of world of brand communication. So we've got five themes, and John will start with the first one. Great. So the first thing that really came out for all of us was this idea about confidence being key to building rapport. And there was a real parallel, we thought, because you can't, there's not a face-to-face relationship, which of course mirrors so much of our communication. So the, the tone of voice and the language that you use and the approach that you have is so key to how you forge that immediate relationship with, with the people that you're talking to. One of them was saying, you know, you, you've got to own that call. In the first 10 seconds, that absolutely dictates the, the tone for the rest of the call. If you don't get it right straight off the bat, then you've lost. You know, they're, they're not interested. There's something about um, just showing confidence instantly like that that just builds trust. If you go, I'm going to sort your problem out. Um, everything we learn from these, these guys is that, that the response that you get from the public is, is one of just immediate relief that whatever they were calling about is going to be sorted and they, they put you they instantly trust you it's funny because and again there's a, a you know a guy i spoke to said you know people expect a premium service they 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 expect and they want to talk to an expert which was funny given you know michael gove was wrong <laughs> you know people are not had enough of experts when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, you know important things in their lives they want someone that that knows what they're talking about and that's going to source it and they want what they want above all actually in this particular bit of the conversation is that that they get one individual who's going to own their problem and is going to take it on they don't want to be handed off to other other people and if sometimes you do have to in the context of a call center hand off to somebody else but the way to position that person is as an expert who's going to be even better at, at sorting their specialist uh, subject or problem out. So, so I think for both of us, we felt that was quite had implications for the the tone of voice, I guess, of all our brand communications. Having confidence mm. and appearing confident and appearing, you know, that you, you know, owning the, I guess, mm. dictating the terms of that engagement felt like a really powerful. Parallel. One of the things I heard a lot actually was was the importance of the, the word I actually, which is surprising because so often we talk about we. You know, we talk about our brands as us and we and let's do this. Actually, in this context, 
the importance and the, and the, the power of saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to sort something out, was, was evident. There was one particularly interesting thing I felt. I mean, one of, one of our clients we talked to are dealing with a lot of fraud issues. And actually, this particular business is taking calls from people who are victims of crime uh, but aren't going to the police first, they're going to this business. You know, nine out of ten of these, these calls they're getting in this particular part of this call centre are about fraud. And the people who are calling don't think to call the police, which I think is unbelievable. That brand is trusted yeah. by people more than they trust the police in that instance, yeah. which is remarkable. Absolutely. The second big theme that was, was really, really apparent was this idea that people just want, they want it they want more than ever, they want it now, they want instant gratification. They have higher and higher expectations of, of what they're going to get from businesses and they just need it, they need it sorted immediately. And that, that is a knock-on on the, the people we spoke to. They, there's a, they, you know, everyone that we spoke to was saying there's a really high staff turnover rate because constantly dealing with that level of expectation and the demands that are put on you is just bloody exhausting and the one guy I spoke to um, had been there four and a half years and he was this sort of almost mythical creature within the call centre it's like bloody hell he's lasted four and a half years that's amazing to still be able to do that and what what really struck me about him was you know that the, he was almost like this kind of uh, yogic he was so calm and he just you could just tell that that it didn't personally affect him, you know, no matter how much he was speaking to people who were demanding things that he couldn't possibly do, he had this really measured tone, and I thought that was a, you know, a really mm. amazing way that mm. he dealt with what must be pretty stressful. The, um, the, the what, an interesting start I heard was that they used to deal with calls, they used to pick up calls within five minutes, and now they deal, they're picking them up within 10 seconds, and that's the expectation of the British public, that the phone is gonna be answered pretty much immediately. Um, and you know, the, and I think it's advances in technology that are, that are in many ways resetting people's expectations of how quickly things will be sorted. They're used to getting immediate delivery, immediate gratification from you know your Amazons of this world, and that yeah. even if you're not in that category, those expectations are resetting expectations of every other category. So you can't just look at your own business and your own brand and think, oh, we're okay, we can deal with these things at our own pace or the pace that customers expect. Of, of uh, you know pre previously, your expectations have been being set by not only by competitors but by other businesses. Yeah, the, the, again, one of the people I suppose who talked about the the Americanization of culture, and actually when I probed on that a bit, he was talking about Amazon. He was talking about the expectation that it will just they'll click the fingers and it will be yeah. done there and then. So, the, John, you want to put the third the third thing? Yeah, third thing was. Um, it was all about empathy and, and how actually empathy is about being on their side. And what was interesting as well, this, this, the fact that they weren't face to face brought some real pros and some real cons actually. The, it's amazing how much of your conversation is, is through body language. And because that was almost stripped away from them, you know, they, they, then they had to overcompensate almost in the way they were saying. Interestingly, one thing they did say is you can, you can tell someone's body language over the phone. Uh, you know, you can tell when someone's um, uh, you know moving their arms around or that they are, uh, you know, they're in a good mood. They're actually listening and, and caring. But these guys become incredibly attuned to tiny changes Absolutely. in tone, things going on in the background that they can pick up on to ask questions about. You know, you hear a dog barking in the background, and you can then instantly create a rapport yeah. by saying, "Hey, you've got dogs. I've got dogs." Yeah. 
um, what, are, what are they? Or you can hear kids in the background and that instantly gives you a, set, a, a picture of that person. And uh, so, you know, little details that you can then use to, to respond to that person in a way that's gonna build even more trust. So picking up signals, I, I think is probably the, the thing here that brands can learn from. And, and, and these guys are just the real, real experts in. Definitely, and they, th this whole area of, of kind of being on their side. Again, I think one of the things you mentioned earlier, they talked about I a lot. So they, again, it's something that everyone we spoke to said, that the person you're speaking to needs to believe that you personally will make it better for them. And you know how a brand manages to deliver that at mass scale is obviously you know, a, a mm. more problematic, mm. but that should definitely be the ambition. Mm. It really, it was amazing how they felt they had a personal relationship not with the brand, with the person they were speaking to on the end of the yeah. phone. The, um, the, the, one of the key quotes I heard was, showing real empathy is the fastest way to build trust. You do that by listening, taking an interest in customers' lives, and by walking in their shoes, not just putting them on. I love that, walking in their shoes, not just putting them on. And one trick that um, I heard repeated a lot was, you just start by asking a simple question. It opens people up, it, it starts a conversation, you get a little bit of information, a tiny little bit of information from asking a question about how their day is or what they're doing or where they're going on holiday that you can then, that you can then use to, to build up a conversation and a bigger picture of someone's life. There were some big watch outs as well. The, uh, uh, you know, we were asking them what the things you never say or you should never say. And, and there's a great guy, you know, one of the guys was saying, you know, never say, I'm sorry you feel that way, because it's such an obvious, he talks about it being, yeah. a, you know, an MP's apology, yeah. you know, it's not my fault that you feel that way, you know, it's just a non-apology. And um, I heard a fantastic thing, which I guess I should, should, have, should have heard before I knew, but the, one person said, there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is when you apologise or feel sorry for someone. Empathy is acknowledging when you've been in a situation like that. So sympathy is saying, I'm sorry that happened to you. That doesn't get such a, a big reaction. Empathy is, I know how you, you're feeling, that's happened to me. And that is a f much more powerful thing to, to do to build, to build trust with somebody. Definitely. And of course, you know, building empathy and, and building that, that sort of relationship is something that we're constantly um, looking to do with our brands. So it you know, felt like there were lots of relevant things that discussion. The fourth big theme was to make it easy. Um, the, the world of, 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 sort of brands and business used to talk about you know, delighting customers and exceeding expectations. Actually, one of the things we heard above all was, was yes, people have expectations, but really the most important thing is just to make things easy. The world is getting so complicated and you need to reduce the customer's effort, make, make things as easy as possible. There's things that they're calling out, they just don't understand the technology we're expecting them to use, um, or the, the things that have happened to them, or the ways in which they're using your, your, your websites. They don't really know. That's true. They, they, again, one of the, uh, the, the, the workers I spoke to talked about how that they see beyond, people are getting angry because they don't understand something. And, and again, he, he was very good at, at saying, you know, at rising above that and going, you know, I have an obligation, our brand has an obligation to educate people. Yeah. And so he was able to distance himself from the anger that he was yeah. taking because he could spot that it's, you know, the person just didn't understand something and, he, and his role was educating them, yeah. which again I thought was a really good way of, of resolving an issue as opposed to 
uh, you know, try and just game. Yeah, game. and there, so I had this quote, the main thing our customers want is they want it to be easy. How do we make it easy for them? How do we explain it in an easy manner? What's going to happen next? Leading them through the process in a you know, step-by-step way. And that, you know, making things easy for people creates, you know, relieves tension, relieves anger, makes them trust you, um, and just kind of is an antidote, I think, to this incredibly complicated world. And I think too often as, as brand marketers and communications people, we make things really complicated. There's a level for it, isn't there, as well? Because the, the flip side of it, and they were saying is almost as bad as is, is patronising people, oversimplifying it. And, and people could tell when they've been patronised. That was a real hatred. So, I mean, Tom, do you know what patronising means? Uh, uh, no. Sorry, <laughs> Actually, there was a thing I think you... Her, which is don't use the word basically or essentially. That's exactly that right. Yeah, completely. Because for them, it's not basic, and and immediately it it sounds patronising. It sounds yeah. like you're talking down to them. So the kind of trigger words that that, that yeah. make that send people's anger levels or tension levels up again. Completely. When actually the intention is of course to relieve them. And and that that sense of of speaking at their level, I thought was really important as well as again, you know, one of the people I was talking to was you you're aiming constantly for an equal level of conversation yeah. and that they talked about you know it's it's not about being servile because yeah. that's not helpful and again it goes back to the confidence thing I think and again you know you look at brand communications mm-hmm. and you just think you know you can see that they've lost their confidence yeah. and they feel like they're yeah. desperate and 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 that was equally true for you know these one-on-one phone conversations as well. So the last, the last thing. Last thing, yeah, and and again, it's interesting because the same language was used completely independently um, from the people at Tom and the people that I met, and and it was about leaving people on a peak. And in fact, they talked about the peak end. Rule, the peak which end, is, that's right. Which yeah. is a thing in in advertising. It's a thing in you know in, in ad testing. That's end. right. I, I got <laughs> genuinely got confused at one point and asked them how they how they leave people on a happy ending and I got some very funny looks but there is peak ending is definitely the uh, the the word and and again that felt very relevant to how you know how do we we talk about how do you want people to feel after seeing uh, or after sort of engaging with communications and and they go all out to make sure that people are leaving happier than when they called and and that felt like a yeah. really good principle yeah. and something that we sort of intuitively know yeah. for communications but I don't think we I don't think we asked that that question enough. In fact, you know, one of the um, the places I went, they talked actually talked about the conversation cycles, the narrative structure of a conversation that you create with somebody, and you want it to end on a peak in the same way that a TV commercial might need to. And and they they said this, the peak end rule is what you're ideally doing at the end of a call in as in an as thought authentic way as possible, so it's not scripted. You're trying to pick up on something personal to the customer. So what you do at the peak is you remind them of a, a nice little warm feeling. Uh, like it could be saying, "Oh, enjoy your holiday," mm-hmm. and that leave, that leaves things on a on a high for people. Yeah, and that, again, and I thought this was a really powerful phrase that, that more than one person just coincidentally used, which was, "The people want to feel like they matter," mm-hmm. and, and I thought mm-hmm. again that was a really a really powerful and and just in sort of intuitive way of talking about it, and so leaving people and and they you know they. People were saying they specifically asked things like, is there anything else I can do for you? Or even actually, you know, mm. do you now feel better after mm. we've had this call? Mm. And if the answer's no, they go, okay, what yeah. else can I do? Yeah. The, the, almost the, the cardinal sin is leaving people feeling, that they, they put the phone down and go, yeah. well, that was a bloody waste of time, yeah. was it? You know, so, um, but that, 
that really stuck with me that idea that you know people just want to feel like they matter yeah. and, and and again it threw lots of questions up about how in how do brands make sure yeah. that, that that their their consumers matter and of course leaving people on a, on a high emo- emotional kind of feeling is more likely to be remembered and that brand experience is more likely to be remembered positively so it's it's all so obviously got such strong parallels with with the world of, of brand communication. So there you have it, five key themes. The importance of confidence in building rapport. Uh, the second, secondarily, people want more and they want it now. Thirdly, the importance of empathy. Fourthly, make it easy for people. And then the, the fifth and final theme was the peak end, leave people on a positive emotional high. And that we sort of pulled those out because again, they felt like they had sort of real parallels with our world of, of communications and brand experience, etc. You know, we are desperately trying to engage and, and set up a rapport with people immediately, you know, within a few seconds, um, you know, to get their confidence, to make them believe, to build a connection. And it was fascinating speaking to the people that are the experts at yeah. it in, you know, in, in this channel and going, what can yeah. we bring across for it? And I guess if, if there's one thing that sat above all of those, all of the themes that really was about the need to build trust, trust was, was a kind of underlying theme throughout all of this. And, and I think we've learned a, a lot about, about how to do that, both in the specific world of call centers, but also more, more broadly. That's it for this podcast. Thanks to Tom Roach and John Harrison. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast for free through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and pretty much any other podcast app you care to mention. And we'll bring you every new episode as it drops. This episode is part of a double bill with our episode on Facebook Gate with BBH Head of Strategy Ben Shaw and Data Strategist Jack Colchester. In the meantime, if you want insightful and thought-provoking articles from the likes of Tom, John, me, and plenty of others, find us at bbh-labs.com or on Twitter at bbhlabs. Thanks for listening. Nah.